Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast, folks. I think we're in for a treat. I think it's going to be a different kind of podcast from the typical type of guest. But I think uh, we're going to, I have a feeling we're going to cover some very fascinating, interesting, inspiring and creative territory. Uh, My guest today is an award-winning cinematographer, director, and producer uh, whose career spans more than four decades. And let me tell you, uh, I was checking out his websites and watched some of his videos and trailers. trailers. You may have already seen some of his movies. Fantastic Fungi is one of them. Um, But the imagery that he creates um, using time-lapse and cinematography is... uh, to create inspiring stories is is honestly spectacular. So if you don't know about this incredible human, um, you're going to want to check out his work and his new work, his new movie that's come out. Uh, anyway, let me just welcome him onto Soul Talk, folks. Louis Schwartzberg, welcome. Welcome, Coop. Thank you for the uh, glorious intro. It's great to have you here, man. Really great, really great. Okay. Um, so listen, I always love to, in the beginning, find out just about people's like inspirations and why people do what they do. And it always fascinates me in terms of people's childhoods and their mm-hmm. origins and what inspired them to be doing what they're currently doing. And so I'm curious about childhood. I'm curious about your upbringing. Was there something in your upbringing childhood that inspired your yeah. creative expression as a cinematographer, filmmaker, your way of seeing the world? Um, tell me, how did, how did it begin? Well, I think it started probably in Brooklyn and um, my parents were Holocaust survivors. So um, I was born just like, uh, gosh, a year after they, you know, they landed. And um, so living in their home, you definitely learn a lot about gratitude. You learned about appreciating all the little things like a miracle, like food on the table, a roof over your head, a steady job. Um, And then of course the miracle of being to have children given what they had went through. And my mom in particular was actually given soup to make women sterile, you know, at Auschwitz. So, um, yeah, you learn to appreciate for them being in a funky apartment in Brooklyn was heaven on earth. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you grow up under that lens, you want to do, you want, you want to fight for social justice. You want to heal the world. So I went off to UCLA. I think I would have ended up being a, a lawyer. It was a poli-sci history major. I would have been a lawyer to fight for social justice, you know? And um, and then the anti-war protests were happening right outside my door against the Vietnam War. And uh, you can't study the French Revolution when it's one happening on campus right next to you. And so I quickly learned photography because what, my, what mm. my parents did is that they bore witness the only way you could fight back of being imagined in Auschwitz, how are you going to fight back? The only way you can fight back is survive in order to tell the story. Wow. Right? Because you really have no other weapon than that. Wow. So I think it kind of, you know, was ingrained in me that when the, you know, when I saw police banging on people's heads for expressing their, you know, mm. uh, First Amendment freedom right, protesting a war, you know, uh, demonstrating for racial equality, gender equality. It was like the beginning of the black power, the black movement, mm-hmm. you know, and Chicano movement on campuses across the country. Um, so uh, I quickly learned photography to document it. And I handed in these photo essays to my poli sci class, which I found out was a lot easier than writing a paper. And uh, I fell in love with photography. 
and I saw the power of it as a medium for for not only my self-expression, but to move audiences. You learn even back then that the news was fake news. You know, mm -hmm. it was a protest. You know, we saw like 2,000 people. The newspaper would say 300 people, you know? So even wow. back then, you understood how things were skewed in terms of, you know, news reporting, which mm -hmm. is really, ter which is like 10 times worse now, by mm -hmm. far. So I learned photography and... Of course, when you learn photography, you get turned on to the greatest teacher in the world. So who's that amazing teacher? She taught me everything about lighting, about composition, about color, mother nature. Wow. Wow. And I'm still learning. I'm still wow. a babe, you know, learning from the master of masters, uh -huh. how beauty, how beauty, you know, uh, is nature's tool for survival because it seduces you to protect what you fall in love with. Mm. And it does it by beauty. Mm. Mm. So that, that I guess, is my inspiration that I landed on the fact that, yeah, it's, I would say beauty inspires me. That's how I got there. <clears throat> I think a combination of like fighting for the little guy, um, standing up for social or racial or any kind of environmental injustice, it's all the same thing. You're basically saying, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to protect life. I'm going to celebrate mm. life. Anything that's going to mm. mess up life, whether it's like, a person, an animal, a plant, or a mushroom, uh, I got their back, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to fight the good fight. When did, is, when, 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 did, when did it hit you that this was your career and purpose? Like, this is what you were here to do. Because mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of folks that they have this creative idea and vision, but the thought of actually doing it as a career a purpose, making a living from it yeah. is daunting, is scary, is terrifying. And, you know, many folks just stay in that cubicle and never create. And so I, I, what was that transition? And when did you know, like, this is why I was born? I think, you know, when I was making the films at UCLA, it's hard to experiment. You know, I pioneered time-lapse cinematography in 35 millimeter. So when I, for the very first time back then in 1970, saw clouds metamorphosizing or flowers opening and closing and looking like you're doing a ballet, I felt like I was looking at God's vision, you know, and it really just inspired a tremendous sense of mm -hmm. wonder and awe. Mm. That's when I kind of discovered like that it's a weird word that you're an artist, because at that point, I'm just wanting to show people that incredible feeling and sensation of wonder and awe, you know, that blows you away. Mm. And so whether it's macro and micro and anything other than normal vision, because you've kind of been there, done that, right? And so why not see things that you and I can't see, but are real? And when you learn that, that there are things beyond your vision that are real, it broadens your worldview, right? Mm. It, it opens your heart because it could be like a metaphor for cultures or other cultures that, that live, eat, sleep, make love in ways different than ours. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Mm. And by being able to travel, that broadens your perspective. I've been looking at a microscope, broadens your perspective. Telescope broadens your perspective. So imagine if we're just limited to human vision mm. and even human vision is a miracle because mm. it's a wavelength of energy that is, you know, only one octave on an eight octave keyboard, you know, there's infrared and ultraviolet, mm -hmm. all kinds of other, you know, wavelengths of, of light energy. And we only see the visible spectrum. So even normal vision, I have to like go, Oh wow, that's a fucking miracle. You know, just regular vision. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> and to go beyond vision, wow. you know, which is what you can record infrared and, you know, ultraviolet and other ways, of, and which is how bees look at stuff. If you can get a glimpse of that, then wow, you're then opening up your mind, mm. right? Mm. To see life from the point of view of a hummingbird mm. or a redwood tree, which would be the opposite. Mm. Mm. You know? Amazing. Profound. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Like what has the, you know, being in nature, nature being your teacher, I'm curious, some of the most meaningful lessons nature has taught you. Great question. Especially the ones that maybe surprised you. 
yeah. you didn't expect. Like it just came out of nowhere. Like, okay, we see it's be- she's beautiful. Wow. But if there, is there anything too that you just, you had no reference for before? Like, whoa. I think when I was working on, you know, fantastic fungi, uh, learning about mushrooms, well, you learned that the mushrooms are actually the fruiting body of the organism, which is under the ground. It's like the apple to the tree. So here I discovered there's a mycelial network, mm. the, like the internet that is actually connecting trees to each other, a mother tree to its offspring, you know, plants to other plants. Mm. And, you know, the, the root tips touch the mycelial network like a giant internet, like a giant cerebral membrane, you know, of neurons. Mm. The same thing. And they share nutrients, they share information. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. You know, without, without, um, without greed for ecosystems to flourish. Mm. So what did I learn? Well, shit, that's a big one, you know, that, you know, uh, generosity and sharing and gratitude is like nature's operating instructions in order to create the most viable, successful ecosystem. You know, the forest isn't a bunch of individual trees. It's one giant community. Mm. Communities survive better than individuals major lesson in nature mm. uh, nothing lives alone i'm talking about stuff that you're relating to from your like from the human point of view when mm. i say that right and and we are nature so why wouldn't that well why wouldn't that truth you know be applicable to your life yes as yes. well as you know life as to your life life is like the ultimate religion for me it's like uh-huh. life is it you know uh-huh. so life whatever can support life, whatever can make life go forward. Mm. I'm on board, you know, and anything that's trying to hurt that Mm. is where I think we, you know, have to be an activist at times and to be Mm. vigilant, to be aware. And um, so, okay. So that was the one big learning was a mycelial network. That's for sure. But the other thing that relates to, in a sense, the human condition and why I made, I think gratitude revealed is that once you learn the, the truth, of how nature operates, how communities are successful by sharing, you know, as I said earlier, well, then how do you take that wisdom from below the ground, above the ground? How do you Mm. apply that to your life, to your relationships, to your community, to your, you know, to your city, to the world? How do you take that wisdom? You can't just go, oh, wow, that's a mind blower, you know, right? You have this aha moment. You got to like really figure out how to, integrate it into your into your world and that's where gratitude comes in mm. you know mm. and and that's why i did gratitude reveal because it becomes more of a journey into the soul as much as i did a journey into the underground network mm. to understand how you know how life wants to, to flourish you know before we dive into a bit more specific about gratitude which i want to get into yeah talk about nature yeah, that you know, as human beings, we are a part of nature, right? We, we are a part of nature, yet it feels like we've kind of forgotten that we, as human beings, are a part of this natural order of things. I'm curious, from your perspective, why you feel that is that we have become so kind of disconnected from nature. And the sort to just dominate it, and now we're destroying nature, and we've become kind of disconnected from the flow of life and the natural order of things. And just what have yeah. you observed? What, what, well, why have we lost touch well, with it, nature? Because you know, it all probably started with you know the agricultural revolution and the industrial revolution <clears throat> in the last couple of hundred years, which is just mm-hmm. a nanosecond when you look at the history of time of life on our planet when man started to become industrialized. And when that happened, you know, um, you didn't no longer depend on looking at the sky and, and, and understanding where your food comes from and drinking water out of, out of the river when it became, you know, this whole industrial machine and then, you know, driven by, you know, profit as well. Then greed kicks in as well. Mm, mm. And, um, then the goal is just to make money, I suppose, for the people that are playing that game. And then we all become slaves to that game as well. The workers do, mm. right? And then we're living in cities and we're no longer live, talking to the trees. 
mm-hmm. and understanding that the normal cycle of life of sunrise and sunset how many people even do that anymore ever think yeah. about that yeah you know yeah. that that would be an everyday important occurrence and it is for me i try to nail every sunset mm. you know it is a grand show mm. and so um it's just a matter of the choices we make but that's what it has obviously occurred over half the planet lives in the city and i think one of the reasons why people appreciate the work I do, and also why I bring it in the healthcare, is that we need to, um, it's medicine. You know, we, we've been disconnected from visual medicine. There's like music that's medicine, there's aromatherapy, there's mm. massage, there's mm. healthy food. All the sensory receptors get medicine. What medicine goes into your <clears throat> eyes? When mm. 80% of the data you get goes into your eyes. Where's the medicine? You know? And there is wow. medicine. And nature is medicine. Mm. Nature is medicine. That's that's a that's a deep thought to think about. And it makes sense that if we're surrounded, if we're you know being, if we're in cities, if we're watching television yeah. and social media, like this is the, the the effect that we are digesting. No wonder that we are feeling a bit off within ourselves yeah, as a digesting and if you're willing to get buddhist about it or even into neuroscience that we're, we project an illusion you know mm-hmm. i mean the brain isn't really a tv monitor up here it's really you know um uh it creates the reality that you see you know people say you know, be be the change you want to be have positive intention you can change your life like that um, but you know, it's possible that if we're looking <clears throat> at concrete and we're projecting concrete <clears throat> in our in our eyes, it it's not a healthy thing. And on top of it, I'll get into I mean, television is 90% violent and, and yeah. filled with uh guns and, and killing, which isn't part of our normal world. Mm. How many murders have any of us witnessed in reality versus how many murders have you witnessed, <clears throat> you know? In your in your mind in your consciousness, on on a, looking at a digital device or a screen, mm-hmm. so I, I you know, I'm I'm concerned about that, and I think it it explains a lot of what's going on in terms of violence and guns. Mm-hmm. Every show's got guns. Everything, everything. Yeah. Every I mean, show. it's like it, it's totally normal. Yeah, to have you know to solve your problems with a gun, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. to, and be and be the be the uh, Jedi warrior, you know. And we don't even we watch it. We don't even flinch now. It's just no, like ah, the guy got chopped in the head with a knife down his throat. We don't even. We don't or, even or, have... or if it's a cop show, the guy just gets shot, being with one bullet, which is like they have to go beyond that because that's like boring in television. But even that is something you would never experience. Mm. Anyways, um, I, I'm I'm trying to if nature is medicine and I'm capturing medicine. And I'm mm. distilling it and curating it and compacting it and, um, you know, blending of music and sound effects and art of editorial and storytelling mm. and all the layers you put into that, then uh, it's got to be food for the soul. Food for the soul. I love it. How do you, as, as a creative, how do you develop the courage to follow your creative guidance without being swayed, you know, or compromising or what did the studio want? What the people, what audience want? You know, my last film did great. Maybe if I do this, it will do better. Like how do you, a lot of times we, 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 and also dealing with criticism and reviews and projections about your work and like, Many times people don't put out there and express their voice because they're afraid of people's opinions. Yeah. So right. how do you navigate that? Okay, well, the first one is really about, you know, the money, you know, mm-hmm. like the choices you're asking that can be, you know, <clears throat> by trying to figure out either, you know, what people want and et cetera. But look, I, I once interviewed Ben <clears throat> Cohen from, you know, Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. Oh, yeah. And... uh you know, he said that if you make a great product or deliver a great service, oh. 
and you do a great job, you make money as a byproduct of doing that. So to answer your question, it's like, if you follow your passion, mm. you make money doing that, you know, because you're doing what you're here to do on the planet, whatever that might be, you mm. know, and you don't worry about the money. As a matter of fact, if you try to do a job for the money, you're going to be unhappy and probably you're going to do a, a bad job and you're not going to be very successful mm. playing the game even, you know, mm -hmm. might as well do something you love. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then be good at it, be great at it. Right. And people with purpose, you know, again, we study, look at the data, they live longer, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. people that have gratitude and joy and are part of community, all that stuff, you know, that, that does create longevity and, and healthier populations. So it isn't just me being new agey. Yeah. But saying, follow your passion and you'll be happier and you'll make more money. It's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and how how about the part around you know the courage to deal with criticism and you know people's yeah. opinions and 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 like I think being judged yeah. by others for your work yeah well, I, I'm putting out I th I'm trying to put out what I consider to be my truth you know mm -hmm. and and then and like and a lot of people resonate with it because it isn't just my truth I think it's like universal truth. It's you know rhythms and patterns of nature, especially if it's like a nature type of you know scene. Um, I didn't create it; I just distilled it and maybe you know curated it and made it like awesome to be able to see through it and into it. So um, I'm just sharing that, you know. And so I really don't have an ego attachment about if I'm going to get criticized about it. It's just energy. I'm just showing you, let's say, nature's energy. Hey, mm. and guess what? I'll even make a claim it's even good for you, right? Great. If you don't, if you don't like that, that's okay. It, it may not be your medicine, you know? And mm. um, so it, it doesn't, I don't even think about that. And I think finally, you know, I am, you know, creating my own audience, you know, and we can talk about that later, like how we launched the Louis channel. And it is, you're able to be sustainable, especially look at you. You've got a podcast. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of followers, right? Mm -hmm. You're creating your own, you know, platform, correct? Yep. yep. It's no different. And then the people that, that, that share your vision and want to support it mm -hmm. and, and hear your truth, but it's not your truth. You're, you have a like-minded audience mm -hmm. that is digging where you're coming from. And digging the conversations that you're getting into. I know that to be true. Mm. Right? Yes, absolutely. So um, we're just doing our thing, you know, mm. and, and we're and it's beautiful because as I say, it's universal. Consciousness doesn't just emanate from inside of our brain to the outside world. Consciousness is on the outside world, and we're like the little, you know, receivers, that, and we all get it. You know, that's why we, we all get similar mm -hmm. ideas, intentions, ways of looking at life. Mm. You see a school of fish and they all turn. And they, yeah. they split. They're not like communicating to each other. Like now's the time to do it. Mm. They have to be responding, obviously, to an outside energy. Mm. And it makes them all react and together. You see birds do that, right? Those giant flocks. Yeah. They all move together. Well, they can't be communicating to each other, hundreds of birds. Mm. How do they know? Mm. Because, you know, in my opinion, I believe there's a shared consciousness that's out there that's trying to speak to us. Mm. Is, is to use this God? Is this intent? whatever? Whatever yeah, label. I mean, people call it God. I mean, yeah. there has to be some kind of intelligence. intelligence. Even, even Einstein, you know, talked about that as well. You know, there's like, time and space and, and meaning or consciousness is the other element. Mm. You know, the observation of, of, of the fact that we're able to be here observing, doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We've already stepped outside of ourselves. Mm. So, you know, that, that's a I'm, deep conversation I, I, to have. <laughs> I'm curious real quick before I forget, this is a, yeah. a, light, a light question, but th this, this connection with nature You've been taught by nature, um, interconnectedness with all things. Has it affected, or how has it affected how you eat? 
Totally. I'm curious. You are what you, well, you, first of all, you are what you eat. I'm curious how. Yeah, well, I've been pretty much on a plant-based diet since college. Oh, wow. Okay. I had a buddy come up to me. <clears throat> uh, I was on campus. I was eating a hamburger. This is an interesting moment where like several words can just change your, your life like that. So mm -hmm. I'm eating the hamburger and he came up to me and he said, uh, he said, dude, you're eating a, you're eating a corpse. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. It was over. Mm. Couldn't do it again. Mm. Mm. And then you, you look into it a little bit more and you're right. Like I want to eat things where the, where the energy is still alive. Mm -hmm. You know, when you eat a fruit or a vegetable, it's still you know, having cellular activity that is part of life force energy, mm -hmm. you know? And um, whereas if you're eating meat, it's something that is decaying, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's over. And it might've been killed with trauma, which I don't want to have any of that in my body either, mm -hmm. you know? But what about like a, uh, a mushroom, right? It, 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 isn't this a life as well? It's alive. It's, it has yeah. consciousness. It has intelligence. Is, so, so then what is the difference? If, the, if it is a life, does it not feel the trauma of being pulled, plucked? No, because no, well, no, because the mushroom is a fruiting body. It, it, it got sent up this thing because it wants to be eaten. It mm. wants to be moved around in order for it to reproduce. Same thing with fruits and vegetables and nuts and berries. You know, mm. it's putting its DNA into a little package called a fruit, a nut, a berry, and a vegetable, so that an animal will eat it. It makes it seductive and attractive and sweet and great and delicious, and it's actually good for you, you know? And then you'll poop it, you know, somewhere down the trail, hopefully, <laughs> so that the, your offspring don't have to compete with you. The kids can move out of the house. They can build the little thing, you know, down the road, and then, they, and then there can be more apples. And there can be more mustard and there can be more blueberries, mm. right? Mm. Mm. On its own, it's doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I want to be part of that stuff is what I'm saying. If I yes. think of eating in my diet, I want to be part of that, which is on, mm. which is still, you know, has life energy going forward mm -hmm. as opposed to something which is breaking down and falling apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I see it spiritually. And because if your body's your, your temple, then you got to treat it with respect. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Gratitude. Yeah. Um, Gratitude revealed this film movie. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting into it. I saw the trailer. You know, we hear for many years now, you know, practice gratitude, practice gratitude, practice gratitude, being gratitude, practice gratitude. We all get it. But many of the time, much of the time, we don't practice gratitude. You know, um, we want more. We aspire for more. We set goals. We're often not grateful till we achieve them. Then we're grateful for like a split second and, and then we're right. on to the next. And so can you speak about for the person who might say, I have, I don't, I'm broke, COVID, this pandemic screwed my life up. I don't feel like I have that much to be grateful for. I don't know I'm going to pay my freaking rent. I don't feel grateful. Mm -hmm. What can you say to that person? How can that person that doesn't feels like life is falling apart, they're not seeing the beauty in shit falling apart. Right. You know, their lover left them. Maybe they have a disease. How to access gratitude in those moments? Well, I would say that, you know, when you find yourself in really challenging circumstances, yeah, then you are, you know, um, if you can just find one little small thing you can be grateful for, then then it helps shift your mindset so that you're not also in a negative spiral. You have to be able to take one baby step into a positive direction if you really want to even change your circumstance. Mm -hmm. So 
it doesn't, I'd rather be an optimist than a pessimist. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're, if you say we're screwed, if, if I'm with you, Coot, in, in like a, in a rowboat and we're taking on water and, and then, you know, we got a guy with us and who's a pessimist <clears throat> saying mm-hmm. we're screwed. We're going to drown. We got to swim a hundred yards to shore. Mm-hmm. Or I got another guy who's an optimist and he goes, you know what? I think we're going to make it. I bet we can make it. I'm not a good swimmer. I'm mm-hmm. scared, but you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm going to try. Um, I think that's sort of the difference with, with gratitude is being able to, to like, what can small thing can I be happy about? What can I be mm-hmm. grateful for? You know, I can move my fingers. I'm breathing, you know, I've got my health. Um, I'm alive. That that's a giant thing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Tomorrow is the first day of the rest of my life. And I, and you, you've heard these stories and you know, the stories you'll see in gratitude revealed based on the fact that my parents you know, mm-hmm. went through you know, adversity. I, I love to tell stories of people who overcome adversity yet have hope and joy in their life. Wow. And that's what you're going to see in the movie. There's Eric Weimer, the first blind ice climber, he climbed Mount Everest. Can you, you, know? can you share what, maybe like what was one of the, Here's the most, I'm, I'm sure they all were, but was there one that you feel you're guided to share that was a really inspiring story of someone who, they went through some some stuff, yeah. some challenges, and, and man, they touched your soul to reconnect with the gratitude for life. Well, there's a bunch, but I, I'd say that, you know, Eric Weinberg would certainly be an, an easy one to understand. You know, mm-hmm. he goes blind when he's like 16 or 17. Wow. Can't get a job in washing dishes. Uh, right. He can't, you know, get hired because he's blind yet was so determined in his love for like climbing rocks, which happened, you know, as he was turning blind that he ended up, you know, climbing the seven summits. He ended up climbing Mount Everest. I mean, it's extraordinary. Like when you put your mind to something that you can even overcome something like that. And, and he, as he says in the film, you know, sometimes things are given to you. Sometimes things are taken away. You know, he's got a little baby girl. He's married. Wow. Wow. Blind. Yeah. I mean, it's like, or you could see, like, you could really go into a negative spiral, you know, with becoming blind when you'd say you're a young man and you're just wanting to date. Oh, my God. Right? I I would think it'd be, you could easily understand somebody getting depressed over that, you know? Oh, sure. And so there are a lot of heroes. Like, like, like for someone like that, what did you learn that you can share with our audience? What, <clears throat> what is the mentality of someone like that to be able to like not get caught in a spiral? What, where does someone have to go inside of themselves to, to like get unstuck? I think he said it. You got to appreciate the things that you have and that some things are taken away and some things are given to you. Mm. So you know, focus on what's given to you, be grateful for that. Um, and then your life, you know, I think can change it. You don't have quitting is not an option. Uh-huh, Getting back right. to the idea of being an optimist. Well, I mean, that's not an option. Yeah. So you might as well try go mm-hmm. forward. And you know what? Maybe the stuff that sounds new agey is true. Mm-hmm. You know, that if you put out this positive intention that you believe in something that you're passionate about, that you want to do, that you get involved with community, helping others. You know, you're mm. not in this alone. Like yeah. I said, nothing is alone. Mm. Um, yeah, f- find your find your community, find your passion, find your love, you know, mm. find what, what's going to train you on and everything's going to be okay. Where, where's the, where is the discernment between being in gratitude, right? And someone, I guess, being complacent. Does that make sense? Like if I'm in gratitude, the fear of, let's say someone has a, but I'm going to lose my motivation to, 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 to excel, to be, to be the, to be my best, to perform I, at my highest. No, I, if I'm think, too much in gratitude, I'm just going to be comfortable. No, where I, like I think it's the opposite. If you're, if you're grateful, then, then you want to like, execute you want to do something with that feeling that you got of 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 appreciation and knowing you know 
how things work. You want to make the world a better place once you once you see it. So you can't just sit back on your butt and not do anything. If if you feel grateful, if somebody really helped you, you want to pass it on forward. Generosity is contagious, you know, and it's through the truth that it, it feels better to give than to receive. So you get involved, you start doing it, and um, you're going to want to do more of it. Mm. I mean, take a look at all the great people that 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 volunteer or that are philanthropic, et yeah. cetera. I mean, they're, they're doing that because they get high off of doing it. Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and studies have shown, you know, from the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley, that people who experience gratitude, who thank the people along the way that gave them a helping hand, who appreciate all the little things and savor them in the moment, all of that end up, you know, succeeding better in school, getting higher grades, uh, healthier, less Mm. cancer, uh, longer lifespan, all the things you can measure that you would have to say is what a good life is about. So it's real, you know, and um, it only makes sense that it's real because that's how nature operates too. What does it look like in, in daily life? Does it does it look like just walking around saying, you know, thank you for my health, thank you for <laughs> thank you for the weather, thank you for the sun, thank you to the moon, thank you for my feet, thank you for you know brushing my teeth. Is it just a constant date or is it like give us some guidance there? Well, it's it, when you say thank you for the you know the clouds, the sun, the moon, the stars, all that good stuff, <clears throat> and then it makes me want to go out and shoot it, which puts a burden on me because now I got to go out and do the work. Uh-huh. You know, when when you get all the good feelings, you get good. You go, wow! I think I want to create like a. I want to have a podcast. I want to talk to interesting mm-hmm. people, and I want to share these conversations with a lot of people. Well, guess what? That's work. Mm-hmm. That's work for you to figure the shit out. You yeah. know, because you got turned on, mm-hmm. and you want to share that with somebody else. So you're not sitting on your butt. You know, it's just like blissed out and gratitude. You now have, um, I'm sure, a bigger workload. Yes, uh, that a, is true. A quote unquote responsibility. You know, of but because you want to, you want to elevate consciousness, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, then so it's it's work, and it's also dreaming. It's also work and being filled with wonder and awe. But then, mm-hmm. when you're inspired with wonder and awe. Then you got to do something with it. You got to integrate it. You got to like share it. I mean, that's what I want to do. I guess I want to share it. You know, Mm. that's why I'm a filmmaker. It's kind of cool that in Gratitude Reveal, I get to share with you little priceless magic moments of people I bumped into on the road across America and across the world and capturing these little nuggets of wisdom, Mm. kind of like what you're doing, but in a different medium. Yeah. But the fact that I could take you back in time and the fact that I can make you feel like you're in conversation with people that have passed away mm. is pretty incredible. Mm. I mean, you don't know that. Mm. But a lot of the people I've filmed, you know, aren't here. You wow. Know, which is, but that's great. Mm. It's like I've, I've, you know, and a lot of the flowers I've shot are no longer here. Okay. Mm. And you get to see that rose do its beautiful ballet move over and over and over. And that, that rose only lasted a week. Mm. Now, now it's immortal. Who <laughs> you are. And the ocean wave crash that I shot in slow motion that you're watching, and that takes 10 seconds to go kaboom, and mm. all the droplets fall down. That's just one wave crash. <clears throat> How many wave crashes do you think are happening on planet Earth today forget just like in santa monica or just in santa monica just santa monica let alone malibu let alone newport beach let alone yeah how many wave crashes so i get the joy of sharing with you what it's like to be inside of a crashing wave for Mm. 10 seconds Mm. and to know what what that is when, when you're shooting that what do you feel inside what, what what happens to you where are you inside i want to know what you feel yeah i'm i'm aware that i'm being attracted to energy the pure energy of universal rhythms and patterns mm. 
that we all are. And I, I see it in, in the simplest forms, an ocean wave crash or a flower or cracks in the sidewalk. You know, you're looking at what scientists would say physics, you know, that there are these repeat patterns, correct? From yes. the Milky Way <clears throat> all the way down to the, you know, viral world of bacteria, you know, the networking of my circulatory system, my nervous system, my neurological system, my the, the roots on the tree all look the same. You know, so mm. I when I, I I try to identify that and then I try to show it the way you've never seen before. Mm. So you don't even know you're looking at the branches of a tree. You don't know that you're, you know, um, inside of a flower. You're just in a kaleidoscape of color. Wow. That is like taking you on a journey. Wow. You know, which is an emotional journey of wonder and awe. Mm. So that's, so I've, I'm feeling the wonder and awe. And I'm trying to mm. take and extrapolate those rhythms and patterns, especially when I'm shooting nature. But it can happen with people as well, mm. you know, mm. because people are nature. And um, I love that because mm. then like I'm on the voyage of discovery looking for those patterns mm -hmm. and you get the benefit that I get to share it with you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I can take you back in time, yeah. 40 years wow. with some of the scenes and gratitude revealed is truly like a time machine, mm. right? Mm. It's a time machine. Amazing. I can take you like, you know, I got trombone shorty when he was like seven or eight years old, you wow. know, playing in New Orleans. Wow. Like I could say, could I, you know, hey, I was once in New Orleans. I saw trombone shorty when he was a little kid. And you go, oh, wow, that's cool. How about the fact that I'll just take you there and mm. then you can hear him play music? Mm. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Mm. Let me ask you, this is a selfish question. Yeah. What makes a good documentary? Like what's, the, what's, the, what's the real secret? I think, what I, I think what I just said, take the audience <clears throat> on a journey in, you know, into worlds they've never been before. Mm. And let them discover what you discover. In other words, you shouldn't really, you know, have a pre a totally figured out idea of what you want to make. Mm. You should be figuring it out. You're along, you're, along the way. Totally. You're wow. the you're the you're the voyeur. You're the you're on you're on a discovery journey, man. So you're excited, you're passionate, you're trying to learn what is doing a deep dive or unveiling the mystery, whatever that might be, into a topic. If you do that, then I think the audience feels that you're on that journey with you. Mm. And that is what makes people curious, makes them engaged, and would make them be, quote unquote, you know, on that train track with you. Discovery. So not, yeah, you're, not you're rolling, down, rolling down that train track, <laughs> you know? Mm. That's beautiful. Uncovering the clues. Yeah. You know? It's like life, man. Uncovering yeah. the clues, following yeah. the clues, you know? To, it's a bit of a puzzle when you first start, you know? It's, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, wow, life, life itself is kind of like a documentary. You know? Yeah. It's just unfolding and living. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the last two questions, Louis. I really am loving the conversation. And for you as a, as a, as a <clears throat> filmmaker, is there anything that, and what, I guess, is there anything and why, is there anything that scares you? To, 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 when you think about creating, like, oh, that's, 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 that's a bit, that's scary. Mm. That, 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 that would, oh, that, that, you know, you, that's big. That's a big wave for you that you go, oh, that would, that would chat, ooh, that, that scares me a bit. Yeah. Like, I, I think, you know, working actually, like, if you try to do some really like, like a, big effects and big movies and you work with a big crew and then there's a lot of money, you know, per day, per hour, it, it would make anybody um, mm -hmm. anxious and nervous. I mean, I, I once heard Spielberg 
say that uh, the hardest thing about directing is opening up the door when you get out of the car and you arrive on the set. Wow. Says a lot. Did you get that? Yeah. The hardest thing about directing is opening up the door, getting out of the car when you you arrive. Wow. That's scary. Responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to take that on, even for, you know, people super experienced, it's just, it's just a lot. Yeah. And I would say that uh, I don't do that casually. I mean, thank God, a lot of the stuff I'm doing now with, you know, with visual effects can be done in a much simpler form. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the things I want to do don't really re- require like an army of people. Mm-hmm. I've done that, you know, um, even working with, you know, 20 people, which is small is a lot. Yes. A lot, a lot of <laughs> people. people want to go to the bathroom and figure out what they want to eat for lunch. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and how long are we going to be working? <laughs> do we have to really shoot the sunset and the stars coming up. Um, Cause Louis's a maniac, you know? Yeah. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> uh, final question. Um, you, you've shared a lot, a lot of great stuff. I really, really loved it. I'm curious if you were to reflect on your life, everything you've learned, um, creative filmmaker and in life, if you were to think of the three most important life lessons that life has taught you, mm. that if you're like, okay, you can only pass these three keys to the next generation, like that this would evolve the consciousness of the next generation the most. I'm curious what your three life wisdom keys would be especially to young people i'd say follow your passion follow your passion and then celebrate life Mm. and protect what you love Mm. follow your passion celebrate life protect what you love how important is money in the whole equation of life and and creative expression is it important because i've not heard you talk about like Nothing about money. It's so, really so far, but it takes money to create films. But how, how should we be thinking about money? Should we even give a damn about it? What's the relationship to money? Dude, what is, uh, why do they call it currency? Why? It's because it's a current. It's like the it's current energy. flows. It's energy. Uh-huh. It flows. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you, so it comes in and it goes out. And so therefore, I think people get hung up with money when they think that they have to hoard it and save it. And that creates a lot of pressure and anxiety. Mm, mm. As I said earlier, I've, I've been able to do what I do because I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I create money as a byproduct, not always like um, doing what is, you know, part of the normal game. For example, I pioneered the contemporary stock library industry. I started licensing my imagery for commercials, main title opens, et cetera, because, you know, Hollywood looked at what I had. They said, oh, it's beautiful, but we don't know what to do with it. It's like you can't tell the story without conflict. And in my head, I went, I I said, bullshit, Mm. you know, but the people who got it when I did this, like starting in 1979, 78, 77 Mm. was, um, advertisers understand that they need to grab your attention. Yeah. You need to grab it in a split second. And if you can use, you know, beauty, nature, whatever, time-lapse cityscapes moving, if you can grab someone's attention, well, then that's how you sell product. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that became a multi-billion dollar industry. Getty bought my company in 1996 I had 100 employees. We had 12 foreign offices. And after that, I went back to just, you know, um, focusing on, um, you know, making, trying to make movies, you know, either with partners like a Disney or a National Geographic or with Fantastic Fungi, finally, yes, on my own. We self-distributed it. Wow. Because it was the only way to go. It was the only option I had. And, you know, we, you take the risk. We went to Denver because Denver had just passed, you know, um, a, uh, an ordinance on the ballot to decriminalize psilocybin. 
Mm. So the community that was into that, that was into regeneration, that was into science, foraging, spirituality, they all showed up mm. because they all showed up. Uh, you know, they, their friends show up. And then before you know it, we break records. We have a 12-week run in Denver. Wow. And then, you, then you got your proof of concept. And after Denver, where else are people going to dig our message? Think about it, Coot. You know the places. I go to Portland. Yeah, I go to Austin. I go to Vancouver. I go to Santa Cruz. Mm. No, right? I go to Madison. Mm. I mean, you kind of go for the low hanging fruit where you know there's going to be a receptive audience. The college audience Mm. is helpful as well. So that's how we did it, Mm. and that's how you've solved the money thing. You know, Mm. but it does take risk. It takes a little bit of courage, but you do it one step at a time. And the beautiful thing now is because what you're doing and what we're doing right now is we're building our community. And hopefully this community is going to support what we're doing Mm. and they're going to show up. And if, um, you know, if they, if they have to buy a ticket, (laughs) then hopefully they'll do that or a digital download for three bucks, you know, or the Louis channel is for free, louischannel.tv. There's your plug, but I'm putting it out there. Mm. And with the belief that if you build it, um, you know, money, the money will come. Mm. And I think Beautiful. that's the only way to go. Mm. Beautiful. Where can people find uh, find you and where can people watch the movie? They can watch the movie um, at two places I would check would be gratituderevealed.com or louischannel.tv. Great. And on louischannel.tv, when you register, you can watch it on your big screen TV in 4K. Wow. I mean, this is like the same as what I'm offering is the same quality platform as HBO or Netflix or Paramount Plus. But guess what? I guarantee no horror, (laughs) no violence, no sexual exploitation, no bad energy. Yeah, it'll be safe and highly nutritious for the soul. Amazing. Amazing. I'll be checking it out. Louis, okay. Louis, can you say that again? Louis TV? Louis, Louis, Louis TV. Channel. Louis Channel. Louis Channel. TV. Louis Channel. TV. Beautiful. And gratitude revealed. Revealed.com. Folks, check it out. Check out the, the movie. I'm going to dive into this gratitude revealed movie. I can't wait. So let's check it out together. Uh, It's been great connecting with you, Louis. Thank you so much for sharing generously. Everyone, um, check out Louis' work. Check out Louis' movie. Send me an email, coopblackson at coopblackson.com. I want to hear your key takeaways from today's uh, amazing, inspiring episode. Check out the movie and also shoot me an email. I want to know how you enjoyed Gratitude Revealed. Until next week, love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.